You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? I am your host, Mike B. Tank. I am joined by... Jill. Andre. Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell, we got you back. I know. Good to be back, man. I got some sushi. I got some Allagash White. Um, Just chilling in the living room right now after a long day. And what better way to end a long day than to be on a podcast with you three. It's going to be so much fun. A podcast? A podcast. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Kelly um, and I went to California and um, visiting the family and all that, which is great. And what I have found is that Kelly, who is from Massachusetts, sometimes lets the Boston accent slip out just casually, (laughs) and she doesn't even notice it. And it sounds, it's like, you know, a dog whistle to the rest of us. We're like, oh my God. She was talking about how her dad used to bring like lobsters, like he used to fish for lobsters and bring them out on his wagon. And the way she said wagon was this, oh my fucking God. That was amazing. And it's, it's crazy how I'm in love with this woman. And uh, the accent to me just sounded really charming with her but probably repulsive coming out of anyone else's mouth. (laughs) This actually, this is a very random question, but it's something in my friend's chat that's going on right now. How do you pronounce sorbet or sherbet? Or if you're my Pennsylvania grandma, sherbet? Well, okay. You just, you blow up the spot there, right there, right? It's it's sherbet. That's why I've always called it sherbet. I've called it sherbet. I literally, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I call it sherbet unless I make out a place that's fancy and then I feel pressured to say sorbet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's like when we were at Epcot and they called your name, they're like Belanger. Yeah, yeah. It's like Belanger. That's still the best when I had Siri texting you and it's just like Andre Belanger. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, for the record, I pronounce it as sorbet no matter how it's spelled. But really? Sometimes I pull my grandma and I'm like, I like some sherbet. Sherbet. Sherbet is. Huh. Okay. It's, it's charming though. It's charming. <laughs> yeah. Well, you jumped ahead and you told us that you're drinking an Allagash White. Uh, the drinks here uh, just twisted it, and that definitely picked up on the it microphone. Did. You're right. so, I was like, what? what am I? Yeah. So you you can go first. Sure. I guess. I'm drinking an Alter Ego uh, from Treehouse. Treehouse. Yes, it is an all Treehouse episode. Besides Mitchell's mm-hmm. Allagash, I went to Treehouse a couple of weeks ago and still have some. Uh, I have the very green, very green. Ooh, I had a G bot from Nepco. Yes, doing that's like, a Nepco. Doing the brewing company, company at dinner earlier. So there, there was my beer for the day. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's what we're drinking. It is, yeah, beer. It's well, I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more relaxing after a long, hot summer day, you know, not in summer. I'm cracking open a nice feels like crisp it. cold beer. Yes, it, it it feels it feels like summer. It's kind of a heat wave right now. Yeah. So nice cold one. Yeah. 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 This is why we start every episode with the beer cracking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll jump into movies then. Yeah. 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 So it is a weird week for me. I have watched like 20 movies this week. Okay. No joke. But none of them are recent. Okay, but what, what, that hasn't stopped us before. I That's know, why, but you know, for I talked me, about movie from 1965 last time. Yeah. I know, but for me, I like to do recent stuff. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I could talk right now about Boondock Saints, which I watched the other day, which holds up as well as a part. Um, Ooh, okay, Damn. it is still a good movie. 
but there are a lot of things that no longer would fly. Mm. Uh, but I still love it. Uh, I almost said Inglorious Bastards. I'm comparing the two. I, I felt like uh, Boondock Saints. Uh, but so today I cranked out another movie and it's from 2020. It is called Kid Detective. Mm-hmm. And it features one of my favorite actors lately, um, which is weird because when you hear the name, you're going to immediately think of one thing he was in. Uh, it's Adam Brody. Yep. Ah, you mean the guy from that two seasons of Gilmore Girls? Oh, well, that's not the thing Dave I was thinking. Dave Rogowski. That's not the thing I was thinking. <laughs> no, I know what you're thinking. Gilmore Girls alum. Gilmore Girls Good alum. old Dave, he read the Bible to okay. impress Lane Kim's mom. Mm. Okay. Well, I was it thinking was. the OC. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Do I look like someone who watched the OC? I mean, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised, I guess. I don't know. No. Mm. I definitely wasn't somebody who watched the not. OC. <laughs> uh, Surprisingly but, good. Surprisingly good, the OC. Is that really? the one with the girl who, like, the famous meme of the girl, like, one single tear coming down? Or well, that's that, what it was. That's the, the, the Image and Heat song, right? Or whatever. I it's a very yeah. the, 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 yeah. the, one, like, the finale. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. season two. When that iconic okay. moment happens, yes. You got a diehard fan here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a diehard. I've seen most of the episodes only once. Gotcha. <laughs> I uh, did not finish the, it. Was the uh, the intro song, wasn't it Phantom Planet California? California, here we yeah. come. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay, got it. Okay, this enough talk was, about this the is, OC. This is not the OC cast, yes. That stands for Orange County. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I'm broken. I am a broken man. <laughs> um. So, what really I was going to say is, Adam Brody lately, his choices in movies has been pretty great. Um, because he was in Ready or Not. I was gonna say Ready or yeah. Not, and that was that was fantastic. Was I didn't great even recognize by. him, right? Because it had been a while. Yeah, and there he was, and I'm like there that looks really familiar. And then the credits rolls. I'm like, oh. So this is Kid Detective. Basically, it's the story of a kid or a now adult who used to be a kid detective that was like really good at it, like solved all these cases. He got free ice cream for life. He got the key to the city. And now he's a 32 year old detective that can't live up to the glory days. Mm. He still gets cases like find my missing cat, you know, that kind of stuff. But some kid has been murdered. And her or uh, his girlfriend recruits uh, Adam Brody's character, which is Abe Applebaum. Okay, you have that's to have his name. Other... Yes, Abe, Abe Applebaum. Abraham, is that short for? Abe? I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing Abraham, Abraham. They call yeah. him Abe the whole time. Abraham Applebaum. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a name. Yeah, so I and... need to write that on a name tag. Sounds like he goes to Hogwarts, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they had to have the alliteration there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the kids, the murdered kid's girlfriend, recruits Abe to solve the case. And this gets dark. Like, it is a black comedy. Don't okay. get me wrong. But it is a dark black comedy. Like, it is very dark. Um, anybody have any interest in this movie? Because I otherwise I'm going to spoil it. I think I think you're free reign to spoil the shit out of it. I just want to know where I can find it. Yeah. It is on Hulu. Okay. Yes, I'm going to say this, Hulu. Mike. This sounds, and I'll get to it at the end of your, um, of your take on this film. This premise sounds very, very familiar, but in a dark twist way uh, compared to a very er- early Donald Glover movie called uh, Mystery, Mystery Team. Team. Yeah, I knew that was going to bring up Mystery Team. It's very similar in that. Yeah, I'm getting the same vibe. 
Yeah, no, mystery team is very similar in that that aspect. Um, so basically, it takes you down the long road to find out who killed this kid. Um, there's also another case that kind of is like over the shoulder of Abe. Uh, this girl went missing, and he put like the entire town on his shoulders to try to figure out where this girl went. Um, so like those cases are kind of just like sitting in his head, and like he's kind of a screw up at this point you know and he's like a kid at heart still where he like relives the glory days he still goes to the ice cream shop every day because he has lifetime supply of ice cream oh nice yeah yeah well the ice cream shop owner is like resentful of him you know like that kind (laughs) of stuff check in like he obviously gave him lifetime free supply yeah but one of the things that worked for him as a kid detective is when he would like break into houses to like kind of like peer around and stuff he could hide in the closet and get away with it um there's a reoccurring bit though whenever he hides in the closet he sneezes and it gives him away well as a kid that was endearing and like they just saw him in the closet and they were thinking nothing of it oh, it's like oh yeah kid, yeah well later in the film he gets stuck in the closet when a family comes home and not just any closet the closet of a young girl Uh-oh. and uh he gets arrested for um being a predator being a predator yeah, yeah essentially <laughs> And like, there's a newspaper article about like how he was masturbating in the oh, closet, oh, like stuff like that, like going all over. Yeah, it's that bad. Mm. Um, but the turn. So again, if you want to see it, cover your ears or do whatever. No, okay. So the turn is the person that killed him, uh, the kid was the school principal. Uh huh. The reason why is he also abducted the girl and basically forced her to do things, you know, and that stuff. Yeah. And there was a daughter. The daughter was the girlfriend. Oh. Uh, And so, like, the boyfriend found out and was, like, going to report it to everybody. And so he just, like, shut him up, killed this high school kid and, like, threw him in the river and said, no problem. Mm -hmm. Well, Abe figures this out. And so the principal is like, I can't get away with this anymore. Stabs himself. As you do. In the heart. And okay. like, it's gruesome. And basically, Abe saves the day. And he finds the girl and like, saves her and everything like that. And everybody's happy and blah, blah, blah. And the end shot of the movie is Abe talking to his parents about this whole case. And he just breaks down and starts crying. Aww. And it's like, it is harrowing. Because it's just like he just breaks down because all this shit he's been through and was like, uh, just starts crying. And of course, there's like this lollipop song in the background, like to make it feel even more juxtaposition and everything like that. Lollipop, like, you know, like, like it's like Take Me to Sugar Town. Oh, okay, it's called, it, you know, yeah, like okay. it's it's a happy song, like bouncy, bubbly. sure, sure, sure. You know what he needs? He needs a hug and a team up with Detective Pikachu. Oh, team up with Detective Pikachu or the mystery team, like yeah. either or, like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds as Get him in here. yeah, it's just you know he's he was, he was a kid at one point. It seems yeah. like the timeline works, and you're like he gets sucked into the Pokemon world, and you just you know oh there's the, you know Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu, and he's like, all right, we need to figure out the, the case of the missing Snorlax or something. Well, like the whole the Snorlax premise. is murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> the whole premise of it is basically like it's time to grow up, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. like everybody is telling him to give up being a detective but he doesn't want to do it because he likes that glory he likes that like putting the town on his shoulders that kind of stuff Mm. um 
it's super dark. Like it is just super dark. And if you, I'm watching this in the middle of the afternoon, like sunshine, everything like that. I'm just sitting there like, wow. Okay. This was a good choice. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was very decent movie for what it is. Um, it's like a stars original, I guess. So it's not, Mm. I don't think it got released anywhere except for on stars. Um, and then obviously now it's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say probably three out of five closet sneezes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, it was a, it was decent. Decent flick. Better than you expected? Hour 40. Yeah. Like it was a quick hour 40, you know? Yeah. And then you got, you got good actors in there. Exactly. Right. Like I said, I really enjoy Adam Brody uh, lately. So that's what got me to say, okay, this is it. Especially because I needed to watch it today because I hadn't watched anything recent. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to, you guys are splitting a movie? Yeah. yeah we're, I think so. Yeah, right. Okay, All right. cool. We're going to tag team this one. Yeah. So yeah. so Jill and I, we watched um, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Release uh, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, no. I think I think we'll the, I think the Snyder Cut has definitely been released for this the movie. Snyder okay. Cut's actually in at one scene. There's like a, a shot of uh, like film reels. Oh yeah. It's the Snyder Cut. Oh gee. Oh, is that like the actual Snyder? Oh, God. it's in the vault. It's in the vault. Of course it is. Vault. Okay. So I guess yeah. For people who don't know this, the the so Army of the Dead. It's on Netflix, yes. and it's uh it is a zombie apocalypse heist movie right that's the main thing is that the zombie apocalypse has taken over las vegas and dave batista needs to is hired for a job to get Batista. yeah (laughs) to get a crack team of people no it's yeah it's like 150 million or whatever 200 million you're right you're right to crack open a safe at the bottom of a of a casino okay um yeah so basically so first off, this movie, it's definitely a Zack Snyder film. If you like Zack Snyder's movies, I think you're going to have a great time with this one. If you have problems with Zack Snyder, this is the, the you, this is, it's this got is, a lot of Snyder trappings, including yes. a bulky late runtime. Yes. yes. It is two and a half hours off the top. Say, yeah. Off it the top. To me. I did really? not. Yeah. So it that's was just, a snappy oh, two and a half hours. This is okay. where Jill and I differ. I felt that two and a half hours. I could okay. have had this at an hour 45 and I would have been. This happy. is interesting that you guys have two different opinions and Honestly speaking, I would have thought it would have been the opposite, where yeah. you would have thought it was fast and you would have thought it was slow. So I, I, I like this. I think, no, I, this great. I think I have less patience for Snyder's shenanigans even, than 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 even fair Justice people, League you know? Snyder cut. Like I'm not. It was long. It's too long. Yeah. But there were. I, I probably could have sat through the entire thing in one go. Right. I didn't mind the Snyder cut of Justice League. I really didn't. Yeah. Um It was. It was definitely better than the Whedon cut. Sure. Yes. Um, okay. I still didn't need four hours of no. it. No, I didn't need four hours of it. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm glad I saw it. Am I ever going to watch it again? Probably not. I, right. I actually think I will be rewatching. Yeah, I might, I might, it might be at some point. But like, I'm not. But whatever. Anyways, yeah. we're not yeah. talking about we're Snyder. Topic. We're yeah. talking about. We're talking about Snyder, though. We're it's talking about Snyder. No, no, totally. But yeah. Army of the Dead. First off, the zombie apocalypse. Well, I shouldn't really say apocalypse because the what it's I the, the nice thing I yeah the thing I like about this movie is there's just some fun twists on it where. The uh, the zombie problem is entirely localized to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and it's it starts by uh, a guy getting roadhead from his uh, from his new from his, his new bride, his new bride, exactly they're right. On, they're yep. on the road to 
from Vegas. But to on the Vegas. road, we're from Vegas, I think, I think right? From Vegas. And then there's like a there's like an army convoy from Area 51, and they're having some very you know heavy handed dialogue about like exposition. Be like, what are we bringing? Like, bring? bring? Yeah, right. Vegas. It could be some yeah. heavy shit or whatever. And so of course, like you know, the guy's getting roadhead. He's a distracted driver, obviously, right. right? And then the army convoy, they're distracted because they're 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 trying to figure out what it is exactly. Yeah. And then they crash in, and then there's a, the 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 they release the first 15 minutes of this movie oh, okay, so before the uh movie was released mm-hmm. okay. so i saw the first 15 okay. minutes so okay. i'm up to when they close off Vegas. Vegas. okay got it so, okay. yeah to be fair though like the opening sequence of the film so after yeah. after the roadhead guy dies his bride dies the zon- the thing in the convoy is released. <laughs> the thing in the convoy is released um, and what's interesting, what's, there's some, like, you're just not smart, you individual. There's, yes, like, a moment where, right. like, it could be a nuclear weapon. So there's, like, a military guy who's, like, approaching the thing. And they're like, did you not just hear the nuclear part? Right. Why yeah. are you getting closer to this thing? No, yeah. I mean, like, like, with most zombie movies, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of moments, like, what the hell are you doing, right. you know? And I, I feel that's part of the experience, you know? You expect that, yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll get to our yes. least character. Yes. But <laughs> that opening 15 sequence, including the, like... Snyder, I like the opening credits. Yeah, because like, yeah. Snyder can do a really good opening title yes, sequence. he has yeah. a lot of musical Watch numbers men. in this, you know, a lot of music montages. I will say, though, it's very reminiscent of Zombieland, isn't it? Like, it's... I, no, no, yeah. I, the only thing I could think of was Zombieland when I saw yeah. it. So, so, so you saw the first 15 minutes, yeah. right? So, so that's I the most, that. so that's like that's definitely the most over the top. Cause like that for, for those, no, no, the first 15 minutes, the opening credit scene, that's, that's showing the sequence of zombies taking over Las Vegas. Right. And so it's just very over the top. Like, you know, everybody running away and stuff like that with uh, people Las Vegas is playing over. Right. That yeah, is you very, meet the characters. You meet all the characters yeah, yeah. and like it shows, it shows Dave Batista and his group of like yeah. how they got to become zombie killers. Okay. Um, that is very zombie led. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the rest of the movie is pretty, it's less, it's less jovial than that. There no, are no, I, I, I just meant the like intro credits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I meant. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's I very similar to the intro credit scene from Zombie. I haven't where seen the like, intro. I yeah. haven't seen Zombie in quite some time. Um, but, it's like slow motion. Like it shows you different parts of the world where yes. like, the zombies have taken the zombies and, including there was a Vegas one with like strippers with boob tassels that had like oh, undead boobies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of undead boobies. <laughs> yeah. A lot of undead boobies. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the, the you know like some Snyder works this film peaks early okay. and then yeah. you kind of are like okay well great I've still got two hours left to go yeah man and I mean that and I'm not saying I said it it didn't feel long to me it really didn't but I think there is a lot of things they set up and they establish a tone early mm-hmm. and there's a really fantastic moment where they're they're putting the team together they they're meeting the the guy who's giving them the the the, the mission and they're kind of walking through the stages of it and they do this really, really hilarious. At the, I didn't realize it was a vision until the sequence ended and they revealed it. So okay. it was like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go in, you're going to walk two hours it, to the casino. It's the trailer shots. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, 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 it's yeah. the showing shots. the trailer shots. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's very funny. And yeah. then that's really, that. that is the end of the tongue in cheek. This is really funny. This is that shit wild this is what it is it, yeah it, and then it devolves into your stock standard heist action movie but okay. emphasis on the action less on the heist yeah sure. right um there are good characters in, and there's more yeah. color in this movie i want yes, to make a the point movie here is very colorful. within five minutes there's more color in this movie than all of justice league my my, my thing is is that my big one of my don't you know good and bad is gray oh my gosh we live in a society we live in a society oh shut up about your stupid society <laughs> Um, 
Mitchell so, doesn't agree that we live in a society. No, we definitely don't. I'm and so oddly enough, I was unaware of that meme until people started talking about it being in Justice League. I kid you yeah. not. It was a whole education for me. That's funny. Same. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Right. I remember. I had. I was like, oh, it's the, it. it's the. We live Joker, in a society. We live in a society. Bottom here. text. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> bottom text. Uh. Back to Army of the Dead. Uh. My biggest problem with this movie, I feel like it's kind of like waste of potential. The movie where mm-hmm. like once we actually what so so we have the setup. There the the Dave Batista he gets his team together. It's the it's the it's the cheesy tropey. Uh, you know, Rick and Morty you spoofed it. The, you son of a bitch, I'm in kind you of thing. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. Like the pilot, uh, she basically it. says that. And it's totally fun. It's tongue cheek somewhere. I like it. I love that. Yeah, yeah me that's too. my favorite. Like I said, the but movie then, peaks early. But yeah. then as soon as they have the team together, and uh, I guess we should explain also that Dave Batista has a daughter that he's separated from because the daughter watched him tearfully stab his zombified wife in the head because she turned and it was hard Uh, and they're separated and she's a volunteer at the quarantine area outside of vegas uh, so she gets them in and then apparently she has a friend that went in and is lost and so to get money right and she's like, I'm going in with you. And they're like, what? Like, no, it's crazy. Yes, and then Dave Batista. girl with no military yes, training. Yes, it's supposed to be right. a 19-something girl, like, no military training, going to just ask you to get totally. killed. And, of course, John you know, Morrison's son, Jack. Because this is a movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because this is a movie, you know, she comes, like, Dave, Dave Batista relents, and she goes with them, right? Right. So as soon as they get inside. Because movie. Yes, yeah, because, because movie. movie. As yeah. soon as they get inside, it is no longer a heist movie to me. It's basically just a zombie movie, which is okay. fine. Fair. But, yeah. like. The, they marketed it as a heist. I was expecting yes. way yeah. more heist hijinks, right? Yeah. So there, like, there, it, there's it like a little intro through at one yes. point with okay. the safe cracker. Yes, so and like, I, I should say, the, yeah, they have the safe cracker who's like a very, like, you know, very slender, slim German German lad. Innocent boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has never killed a zombie before. He's obviously the green like, one. How of do your I group. do it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, how do I kill a zombie? Like, seriously, you shoot him in the fucking head. Like, Can I use? Yeah, yeah, go for the brain. Can I use a rock? Well, yes, yes that yes, is a brain. Rock, yes. <laughs> and he's fun. And he and oh my gosh, who is the um, Vanderhol? Vanderhol. Well, who plays Vanderhol? I don't um, know, but he's a great actor. Oh my gosh, she. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Omari Hart. Um, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So he's they like, great he's the brawn, yeah. and yeah, he, they they start like they're probably the emotional core of the movie yeah. for me because yeah. they start out at odds. Obviously, Mario Hardwick like huge like his his trademark thing is he has a buzz saw that he uses to kill zombies. Yes. Yes. But, but the yeah. problem, okay, the problem is, and I'm tangenting on a tangent here. They show him in the intro using the buzz saw yes. of like like you know yeah. They, he never uses it in the actual, like, once again, never uses it. Like, and they it's, make a point that only he can Yes, carry right. So I was expecting oh, some, man. like, an epic fucking, like, chase yeah, right. scene. Well, they go. usually never that sequence, use that yeah. hilarious sequence of, you know, where they're like, this is how it's going to go down. You're going to get in. Right, right, right. They yeah. show get there, you're going to fly off. But no, he just, there's not a single actual, like, uh, from the narrative plot kill with that, that song. Is it, is it Zack Snyder's art, uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, where they have the bus and the chainsaw I've scene. I've never seen I think his so, but I don't want to say for sure. I don't remember sure, what don't zombie remember. movie it is. I don't remember if that's I'm, excellent or not. Do you, do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, there's the scene where this guy, they're on a bus that they've basically made this zombie protected bus. And this guy revs up a chainsaw because he's going to like chop off the zombies as they're running by. Okay. Well, of course, they like hit a bump or something like that. And he like, falls forward and chops one of the survivors <laughs> with the chainsaw. It's like goofiness and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, not as much. Yeah. Okay. 
like yeah especially you know, with the buzzsaw like being yeah, a part that's, of a, that's right. a Chekhov's buzzsaw does like, not like, go off and okay. I don't I don't want to say there's no really good action sequences there's some really so. fun kills and you know there's, mo- there's a lot of fun moments in this movie but mm-hmm. like it again it didn't really there, there was like one brief moment where they're they get to the bottom of the casino and they're the so it's um um it's it's those two characters again it's uh it's Amari Hardwick and the locksmith Dieter. they're based okay. Dieter yeah yeah the actual character's name Dieter I don't know the actor's name unfortunately know. but anyways yeah. they're basically like in the on and like they're at the ground level and they're they're the ones that have to get to the safe or whatever yeah. while everyone else is carrying gas cans to the helicopter at the top of the building whatever um that like there's like a little sequence where you know the locksmith has the eureka moment and like finally unlocks the safe and once the safe is open yeah. that's it no more heist shenanigans yeah, heist basically done. right heist is yeah done. Heist is zombies done. get out yeah well oh. yeah well it's so dumb because the main plot is <sighs> i feel like nobody has a sense of time in this movie and i get that like you know there's a thing called you have to turn your brain off i guess but still right. it took me out of it where um when they go into the zombie, when they go into Vegas, they are four days away from two days, two days away from the place getting nuked. Nuke. Mini nuke. Mini nuke. They're gonna wipe right. it off the face. They're gonna kill okay. them. So like that's the plan. Is that like literally on the newscast they say the president who's based they don't they don't drink him but it's Trump. We're like nuke them on the fourth of July. Nuke them on the fourth of July because America. Oh, yes. Yes. As we do. Yes. And, and I'm like, fine, whatever. And we were like rolling our eyes, and then halfway through they get in, they get into Vegas, they get down to the safe. And at the same time, there's a news announcement being like, as cool as it would be, there was a lot of pushback. So we're going to move it up a day. So their window <laughs> goes from 24 hours to, to an hour and a half. An hour and a half. To yes. Two hours. And then, like, they seem mildly inconvenienced by it. Like, that's the thing. Like, they're like, what? What? We like, had 24 hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's but, really but, tight, clean but, plan. But the crew, like, looks at that and they seem, like, mildly concerned about it. They're like, see they're like, they don't tell Dieter. No, they don't tell Dieter, which is a good idea because they don't want to. He's, 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 yeah, he's his time. Like, that's fine. But, like, they, like Dave Batista and the rest of the crew, they're like, oh, well, shit. Like, wow, we, 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 have, we have an hour and a half now. Like, okay, I think we can do it, whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah. they still take time to, like, talk about their personal stuff. Like, you know, we still spend, like, 10 minutes of screen time with Dave Batista talking to his shitty daughter about, like, how, like, oh, she sucks. She's the worst character. She's the worst character. You teased it earlier. She's she the worst. And, like, so we know she goes into the into Vegas to go find her friend who went in to get money so she can, you know, escape the life that they have. And, like, as the daughter is just trying to justify the reason that she needs to go with them, yeah. She's saying she has kids, we can't let like, can't be left behind. Well, you would take care of the kids, but oh, if you go and look for mommy and you die too, then great, you've just orphaned some children. Right. Good for you. You've totally not helped the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also haven't really talked about like the zombie side. So the zombie yes. outbreak happens. And what's cool about the Snyder, about the zombies in this film is that there's normal shamblers, and then there's what they call like alpha zombies, right? Which okay. have a for, higher form of intelligence, so very I am legend. So this this is Snyder's way of having both kinds of zombies yeah. where you get right. like, you know, the Night of the Living Dead yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like 28 Days Later zombies, which okay. is a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. yeah. And um the 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 main alpha who I later found out they the they never name drop him because he doesn't have one, but his name he's go by Zeus. Um if you okay. get bitten by him, you turn to you an get, alpha. You turn into an alpha. So okay. you they have some form of communication they're faster they're stronger right. he looks like adam driver so i was calling him adam driver yeah, yeah he's like a metalhead adam driver you know what i mean okay. he's got yeah. the very loose no. ratty hair yeah, no. really it was driver zombie um driver's well, zombie. he's got a wife okay. he's got a wife he's got a lady friend who's pregnant which i don't really know how a zombie woman can be pregnant but sure yeah. okay 
Yeah. Right. So, so that's the thing is that, and they, and they set it up really, really cool too, where like, you know, the person that's escorting them in, she's been in the zone much more frequently than Dave Batista and his group has. Right. Like the idea is that she Dave Batista, she knows the rules better because like Dave Batista and his old crew, they were there when it started, but okay. they stayed out ever since. It's probably been some months or something like yeah, that. Right. Maybe years. Maybe years, whatever. They Anyways, get out of there. They were like, then, yeah. and so the person that their escort that's letting them in, she says like, Hey, like this is different from what you guys are used to. It's not just yeah. the shamblers. They have a whole entire like hierarchy. hierarchy now. And I had this, my whole mind was going like, Grace, like, wow, it's super cool. Like maybe there's like different tribes yeah. or different like and social constructs. suggested that that could happen. Yeah, yeah, but then, but it's literally, it's just, no, it's the idea is zombies. that it's one king zombie, better level of zombies and then shamblers, you know? It. And it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, sure. And that's not yeah. me for like, like, that's not like yeah. Jack Snyder didn't make the exact zombie movie I had in my right. head. Like, yeah. that's always silly to say, but it's more like, that's what happens. Okay. I get it. Yeah. And, and right. like, the reason the zombies really go just, you know, swarm on the humans, it's they broke the rules. So, there's um part of the team. So, they're hired by um, a, re- a wealthy businessman. Okay. Um, and who, the who part has of the, something in this has, There's something. Well, no, he actually, yes. he, he got his insurance payout for the state for the money. Oh, okay. He's just going, he just wants, he just to, wants to double dip. He wants to, yeah. So, he sends in one of his men who's just your quintessential mustachio twirling guy but he's no mustache but he's the evil corporate asshole guy okay evil corporate asshole everybody knows he's gonna back yeah 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 they make it very clear so he messes with things by um he the the woman who's taking them in he works out a deal with her and he tells her i want to get close to an alpha so i can get some blood and that that's gonna make us very very wealthy in reality, he wants to take the head so they can have basically the whole. They can weaponize. They can weaponize the alpha. Right. Okay. So he decapitates the queen, which definitely is going to piss off Adam's Adam Driver Zombie. Yeah, Driver Zombie. Zeus. Yeah, but Adam Driver Zombie got Adam it. Driver yeah. Zombie, which it does, and that's really what spurs the the zombie horde to like. Okay, we know the humans are in here, but we're like they're, they're respecting us to like no, we're just gonna kill them all. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's when all the team members start to be picked off one by one. Yeah. And yep. around this time, as shit is starting to hit the fan, the nuke's coming. We only have an hour and a half. The daughter's yeah. like, I'm going to sneak away now yes. and go oh find my, my God, friend dude. who got dragged away by an alpha. Yeah. Because, sure, I've got my little no, she's, pistol here. Yeah, yeah she's a pistol. Fine. She's like, totally fucked. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. It's so uh, bad. Yeah. It's There's so just annoying. a lot of characters doing dumbness. And again, that's part of the zombie flick. Like, you're right. getting that. Yeah. Um, the stereotypical zombie flick. Definitely. Yeah. But, like, like so there was a lot of, like, right. head, head in hands moments where, you know, a couple yeah. is fine, a lot is too much. Right. Yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, I don't know. Should we, I don't want to give away the ending. Yeah. But, indeed. Yeah. Um, I will say that I feel like I saw it, like, as soon as things happen, like, yeah. You knew where it was going. You knew where it was I, I going. Yeah. And I'll just say, yeah, like, when, as soon as, like, the daughter insisted she go in with them, like, okay, yeah, this is how it's going to end up, and that's it. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's all I will say. Yeah, no, I agree. As soon as she's, like, I'm coming in, even though this is absolutely asinine, it's like, okay, you're going to you're gonna be the cause of a lot of problems. This is what it, yeah. You know, despite the film's shortcomings, like I said, they set up a lot of things, they leave a lot of breadcrumbs that just never pay off, or, like, they set up a tone that doesn't follow through. There are some really likable characters, with the exception of sure. the daughter. Okay. Dave is hot. Like, I think everyone who's involved in this film is having a really good time. Yes, yeah. no, one, no one is phoning it in. No one's phoning it in. Um, and without spoiling the ending, I can tell you that I think I read it was greenlit for like an anime sequel. Oh, like or an animated sequel, anime, right? Yeah, animated yeah. Okay, anime sure. yeah. sequel. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. which you know, I'm I'm curious to see more of this world. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it was for me and not 
always fun, but you know, it was a decent two and a half hours of my life. I don't regret it. It was a, it was like refreshing to see a zombie property that didn't exhaust me because I'm just yeah. so over zombies, everything. Yeah. Fair. Like I cannot, can't really want zombie trending. It's like the vampires of the early 2010s. Right. Can I'm we trying, move on now? I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's the, I, I mean, it. I guess werewolves are next. Maybe ghosts. Maybe I feel like werewolves, their chance to happen. It would have happened by I now. Mean, I mean, it kind of happened with what, the vampires. Uh, we've got werewolves and uh, werewolves among us or whatever it's called. The two movies coming out. Yeah. Werewolves is the uh, well, you know you can... spinoff sequel to what they do in the shadows. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, so. you just, you can be any were-animal. You could be a were-armadillo if That's you true. wanted to be. I'm down be for the were-armadillo craze. Give me a were-platypus. So mm-hmm. I've got two questions for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one that can be answered by everybody. Mm. And one that can be answered by you guys in the movie. The one that can be answered by you in the movie. Does Dave Batista wear tiny glasses? No, I, I, mean, I don't think he wears he any. Guess or, guess or wear sunglasses at some point. Yes, but it's not tiny glasses. Not it's tiny, not, not, not. He wears a bandana. He wears a bandana. He's okay. talking about the very specific, whatever. Like, the, like no, because it happened in Hotel Artemis too. Did it? It did. Oh, he, so he wears well, he wears glasses. Yeah. Apparently, Hotel Artemis and also in Blade Runner. No, he was wearing. So he was wearing the Blade Runner ones. Were like the yeah, tiny, little tiny. They were not yeah, comically yeah. tiny. He was wearing glasses when he they find him in the food in the the burger shop. Right, he's flipping burgers. But I think they're more just like classic frames. They're classic. But he's a big. And then, yeah. like, so in Hotel Artemis, he had a point where, like, he holds up glasses that are like the like on a stick. Yeah, tiny yeah. Ones. no, 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 no. There's no yeah. point where he roll, he rolls up in the blue when he, when they roll up in the safe blueprints. He's not wearing any glasses. Okay, all right. He doesn't all right. pick up a monocle either. Okay, and then the question for everybody: everybody gets an answer on this one. Who is the best actor out of Dave Batista, The Rock, John Cena, all of the old wrestlers that are now? actors that wrestlers turned actors yes that's tough i don't think i've what movies have john cena been in because i can't uh, uh cock blockers is the one yeah cock blockers train, train wrecked train wrecked yeah seen that um fast nine f9 hasn't come out yet yo you've seen the trailers <laughs> i'm gonna go <laughs> I'll, I'll say it it's dave batista and it's not close Yes, I would. I, it's I, not I, close. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to blow because up. I mean, the Rock, the Rock is, is a, he's the most charismatic by far. Yeah. But in I terms of agree. acting, I've seen Dave pull off more things than those other two. John Dave's Cena's, just, yeah. Dave's just more b- believable. The Rock is just like larger than life. Large, nice guy. You know, like that's yeah. his thing. Well, when you bring The Rock into your movie, there's a very not. I don't want to say narrow range, but like. I guess to echo basically what echo what Mitchell said, like I don't I couldn't see him doing other super dramatic roles. You know yeah, what I mean? He's not an everyman. I could see Dave as big as Dave Batista is, like come comedically large. Yeah. He could still play like an everyman and I could probably buy it, especially if they gave the backstory oh. of like he was a former like do we, well like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He was in there for maybe 10, yeah. 15 minutes and I thought he was yeah, I don't even remember. Awesome. Did he well, play like the sidekick? Cop. No, he's not a psychic cop. He's he's um sidekick, not sidekick. Psych- whatever, sidekick. No, no, no. He's the um uh he's the replicant that K fights at the beginning, very beginning. I don't remember that part of the movie. Okay, but anyway, very, I keep, very well I keep bringing up Hotel Artemis, but he was a nurse. I want to see Hotel that. Artemis. Right. You don't want to see it. No, really, I thought it was supposed to be good. It's not good. Oh, that's no. where it was like it's a safe zone, and yeah. then shit hits the fan, and so basically they're somebody. a war hospital. Uh-huh. for assassins kind of thing wait what's the name of the hospital the john the there's that's a the bar hotel, the, the hotel continental, continental. yes the continental yes. and but, i'll say right, this too i i think batista has better taste 
than the others as well. He's going to yeah, be in sure. Knives Out too, and then he's also going to be in Dune. Um, shouts yes. to our guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he, I think, well, The Rock was, or at some point, especially in the earlier career, was like, I'll take whatever I can get. I know I want to be in, I know I want to be in Hollywood. So he I'll just, is that how Scorpion King happened, basically? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he kind of cleared the way for the other two. He like, definitely did. No, no, no. I were saying when we watched um, his first appearance in the Fast Fury, in the Fast and Furious franchise, is that you can tell it's early days. And he Which definitely got better. Up, you know, that's yeah. kind of the fun thing about the yeah, fast franchise. You can see him getting better, better. And, better yeah. and less sweaty. And less sweaty. Holy shit. Well, that had to be on purpose, but I, I don't think, I don't know. I've got a fun sidebar about the Fast and Furious movie that I just learned the other day. Uh-huh. So Vin Diesel, The Rock, and Jason Statham in the Fast and Furious movies all have in their contract, they have to take equal damage. Hmm, that's pretty cool. So in any movie, if one takes damage, they all take damage. So it's okay. like the Bugs Bunny Mickey Mickey Mouse contract for uh, Who's Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, they could only be on this. They could be on screen for the exact amount, same amount of time. So when they appear, they're fall. Uh, the main character's falling, so they pop up. They're like parachuting down. So they have like a little conversation, but they have the exact same amount of dialogue and screen time. Oh, <laughs> wow, crazy! That's exactly. All right, now let's get to ratings because we need to get to our bad movie. We do. Yes. Yeah. Okay, no, you go first because I need to come up with a metric. Actually, um, yeah. I was hoping you would do that. Too. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Um, I'm gonna give this one, man, two point two. No, two point five hours out of five because I felt those hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll just see that. I'll just say that. I'll give it like a two point nine. Adam's Adam Driver zombies. Okay. He really right. looked even being built like him too. One more thing before we go, uh, before we move on, uh, there are definitely robot zombies. Yeah, they don't explain shit. There are robot yeah. zombies. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, if yeah, yeah. So Sorry, we, we I guess that's this might have a spoiler, I guess. No, but like, there's no plot. There's no plot. They don't. They don't. They don't. Because like, movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. There. Yeah. You know, one point or another, they're popping heads off zombies, and, and there was like a flash. Like Andre's like, did that one have like glowing eyes? And then later we see in similar, you know, yeah, it, like, a zombie gets metal. their ripped, their neck is ripped down. You see metal underneath, like like literally like a T one thousand. Yeah, and I read it's not focused on. Like it's just in the background. I read the IMDb page, and he's like, yeah, they're in there. Yeah, he's like maybe they're maybe they're robot zombies. Like like Zack Snyder thinks he's like he's sorry I should I shouldn't project my feelings on him, but he's like yeah maybe they are robot zombies. Maybe they aren't. Who knows? You know. So I leave I leave the robot zombies out to interpretation. No, he didn't say that. I know, but like that's the there, but he's not explaining why. Right. I will say Zack Snyder is having a pretty good 2021. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the bad movies we've had to watch, including Mitchell, you had to watch one. And before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to the person that guessed the movie. Uh, it is our friends, part of the hashtag Illumapati, uh, Sass and Sips. You'll hear a promo from them later. Uh, tell us about the bad movie that you had to watch. Oh, my goodness. Um, let me just start with this. Guys, after a long year of 2020, there were so many questions that went through my mind. I was reconsidering, you know, my position in life. You know, this is a nice way to press pause. And sometimes my mind went down certain rabbit holes. And one of those rabbit holes was, where the hell is Katie Holmes? And, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> Good question. and I'll tell you, Katie Holmes was busy releasing a film called The Secret, uh, colon, Dare to Dream, as she was starring as Miranda Wells um, on a movie based on a book, which is based on a pseudoscience belief that ah, if you believe in something enough, you will attract that thing towards you. Are okay, we all so familiar with the secret? 
Yes, there is. So yeah, I was gonna say when Mike told me the name of it, I'm like, you mean like that documentary cult, you know, yes. thing. And then yes. when it started, like even the film's title, like font is the same as the movie, as like the, the famous one. This just reminds me of the episode of IT Crowd where there's the star science, uh, whatever. It's like a cult, but basically he's like, so I just turn with my back to space throw a piece of paper over my shoulder and I get what I want. And the, the question immediately is, how do you turn your back to space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It's the same. That's the same uh, logical questioning that you would give to someone who believes the secret as well, um, which unfortunately this movie is just propaganda for. And I did some research. Um, this way of thinking is from something called new thought um, it has a whole Wikipedia page. So that's the oh boy. That put into this. Uh, but yes, and Wikipedia is calling it pseudoscience. So I'm just putting that out there. However, Katie, this film takes itself. Yep. What's that? Oh, I said Katie, Katie Holmes was married to Tom Cruise. Yes. So she jumped from Scientology to uh, New Thought. New Thought, yep. Yeah, the, that, and that's the thing. You, you thought that there was a brighter future for Katie after getting out of that situation, and she jumps to this. Um, and that's the thing. This movie takes itself so damn serious. And that's why everything about it ends up being so bad. And I'm talking everything from the acting. Shouts to Katie Holmes one last time. Uh, even to the kids. I'm not going to stop there, man. The kids, we have a teenager. We have someone who's about 12. And then the young one who's about six, who had this crying moment. Like it was definitely one for her real. Uh, where she broke a little Black Beauty uh, horse doll thing. And she was supposed to be crying, guys. And oh boy, did she uh, make a face like she was about to cry for about five minutes. So it was great. It was uh, really cringy at points. Um, and ultimately, I felt sad watching it because <laughs> there are folks who I think legitimately poured some effort into this. You know what I mean? Like they actually believe there's a result to be had if you were to put in that kind of, you know, over the top positive thinking in order to attract different things, whether you want or wish desire for in this universe. And I will tell you, none of that comes true without putting in legwork or actually things happening in real life, not just in your head. Uh, but let's get to the dialogue because the way- <laughs> let's, do it. let's break it down. Let's, let's get to the dialogue here. So the secret, just to get into the actual plot here, it's an entire vehicle for this philosophy, if I want to call it that. Katie Holmes stars as uh, Miranda Wells, uh, who is a single mom with three kids living in New Orleans, Louisiana. I think we have all heard of it. Um, but she is uh, hit on some hard times. Her husband New died Orleans. five years ago. Yes. She, her husband died five years ago, and she's still grieving his death. Um, and, you know, she's raising these kids on her own. And there's a hurricane at the beginning of this movie that comes through. And it is it Katrina? It's not Katrina. I forgot the name of it, but this is post-Katrina. It's supposed to be set in its own little world. Um, okay. And then there's a big tree that blows a hole through the roof of this house that they're living in. And oh my God, this is awful. Um, but meanwhile, we meet this guy played by Josh Lucas. His name is Bray, B-R-A-Y. Uh, Bray, oh, Bray rolls into town, okay? And the way that we're introduced to him, he has a manila, uh, manila envelope with something inside. And by the way, it's sealed shut with a logo that looks like the secret from the book. 
Like uh, the yes. wax, the wax yeah, logo. The wax, yeah, exactly. Like he's going to Hogwarts. Huh, son of a exactly. Bitch. And he rolls <laughs> us to. That's the second time I brought up Hogwarts. Yeah, what are you doing over there? I'm just thinking about you know witchcraft wizardry. Man. Just say, talking about wizard shit. Yeah, right. I'm <laughs> shit. Let me be a Hufflepuff. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Anyway, so he rolls up to the house before the hurricane comes through, and he's looking for Katie Holmes. We don't know why, uh, but the only person that's there is her son, her one and only son, who's about 10 to 12 years old, um, who's fishing in the backyard. And uh, Josh Lucas rolls up to him, and he's just like, hey, I'm looking for <laughs> Miranda. And it turns out it's his mom. This very awkward exchange about how he's not supposed to talk to strangers comes up uh, but he also gives this kid advice about life because he's not at school because he's sick but he's out here fishing on the bayou so i don't really know what's going on here um what is he sick with yeah what's he, what's he what's he ill with is it they, is they never explain asthma? they never really like, does explain. he does he does he have like the plot telling cough or something or no it's, and that's the thing they never actually invest into that storyline at all it's oh, just, okay. it, but they say it twice. So it's not like he's sick with a cold um, because grandma brings it up. Grandma's just like, oh, he can't stay in this house with the mold or whatever. He's already sick. Like, the you mold? know, you're supposed Does to have the black one. <laughs> like yeah. Maybe it is asthma. Remember that early, that 90s film I showed you with the Chuck Norris um, sidekick? Oh, yeah. And like the main character gets shit on because he has asthma. So clearly he'll never amount to anything in life. Really? <laughs> right. A death sentence. If you are listening and you have asthma, you suck. I have, I <laughs> have asthma. I grew up with asthma as well. I had the machine and everything. <laughs> I, I, well, you suck. Both of you. you suck I Chuck Norris to bail you out, I guess. Yeah, I yeah man. <laughs> Just one good roundhouse kick to the throat fixes yeah. the problem. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, he actually ends up meeting Katie Holmes by chance. And um, I forgot to mention the beginning of this movie opens with a shot of planet Earth. You know, the camera is out in space. And as they're descending into Louisiana, there is a text that comes on screen that says that there are two types of people. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, one type of person who believes that there are just coincidences and another who believes that something basically that miracles happen on purpose is the whole gist of it. Um, dare to dream dare to, dare dream. to dream baby dare to hey, you dream said it was Jesus movie, but this sounds definitely like not jesus no, this sounds a new thought it's a different type of jesus it's yeah, a, right. they mentioned god once because i wanted to take note if they were going to tie any kind of religion into this they mentioned god once but you could chalk that up to oh they live in the south whatever it says they yeah. even, they don't say jesus they don't really assign a name to God, so you, they, they well, no, 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 no prominent, no prominent crosses or crucifixes anywhere. No or anything. Nope, nothing, yeah. nothing. Do they have spaghetti once in the movie? Because that's flying spaghetti monster yeah, all the way. Uh, no pasta, but there is pizza. There is pizza in this movie. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Italians exist. Got yes, it. a stuffed crust, by the way. Um, oh, if, you believe, if you believe hard enough, Italians exist. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, got it. it that's hey, actually so Andre. Weird. That is literally the first instance of when we see um, Bray explain his philosophy to these kids, and it's about, hey, what do you guys want right now? And this is when the storm is really coming down hard, and they're like, oh, we want a pizza. Um, that was in the trailer. Yeah, yes, I showed the trailer. And you know what? Sure enough, the pizza man shows up. Oh my god, it worked. 
So that is the whole thing with Bray. He is a true believer in this thought. Katie Holmes is someone who is living on some pretty hard times here. So imagine someone walks up to you and is just like, yo, man, your life sucks because you're not believing hard enough. You're, <laughs> you're not wow. manifesting wow, your I'm positive curious. energy out into the universe. Wow. That- <laughs> All right. Let me bring up one of the quotes here because there's one that directly relates to that instance with Katie Holmes, who is taking in the sight of a literal tree now driven through the roof of her house. This dude rolls up and he says, you know, things don't have to be a series of unfortunate events. Oh, Oh, yeah. And he goes on to say, I found when I think about what I want instead of what I don't want, things are just so much better. And this is the Katie Holmes who is trying to survive a hurricane <laughs> like that's it <laughs> and she's like she has known this guy for 24 hours at this point but you know there'd be no hurricane if you didn't believe in hurricanes yeah. <laughs> that's the thing um but and she actually pushes back initially but she's just so smitten by this guy because he actually helps to fix the roof of her house um and this is the this is the thing like he is actually a positive uh, influence in her life if you did not add this whole pseudo philosophy of just being like, yo, positive thinking, blah, blah, blah. This dude's actually kind of helpful. He's fixing her roof. Uh, They bumped into each other literally on the road and he fixes the bumper on her car. Um, All these different things like, oh, it's a nice dude, probably wants to get laid. Uh, but no. <laughs> do you think he believes is... in getting laid, or you know, like he, he doesn't need he to have to, sex he just has he to can believe. believe. He doesn't watch porn. He just wants it hard enough. That's it. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just imagine he's sitting at home, like God. I really believe I could get sex right now. Yeah, right. And this porn star's car breaks down outside. <laughs> Jeez. That is basically the logic of this movie. Um, and one more <laughs> piece of dialogue, which I found incredible. So he's talking to the little girl who's scared of this hurricane um, and his way of consoling her is saying that, Oh, you know, nature can be very powerful, but so are you. And that's it. And then that leads into the pizza. Mm. That leads yeah. into them manifesting pizza. Um, but it didn't manifest them protecting their house from a tree uh, popping through their ceiling. But what kind, of, what kind of, what kind of, pe- what kind of topics around this pizza? Like what, how good a pizza was manifested? <laughs> I, saw, I saw sausage. I saw pepperoni and it was uh, stuffed crust. It uh, wasn't. So it was a, it's a deluxe pizza. It was delivery. So it's not DiGiorno. It's not DiGiorno. Yeah, it, was, sure. it was delivery for sure. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we, we have this whole thing uh, between the two, but the reason why he's actually in town um, remember that envelope I was telling you about? He was trying to deliver that to Katie Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, and the movie does a piss poor job of explaining this dude's reasoning for this, but he meets her, he understands, oh, that you're the person I'm supposed to give this to, but he doesn't give it to her at all. Instead, he offers to fix her bumper, to fix the roof of her house, uh, to, in a way, offer life advice to her kids Instead of delivering the thing of why we're there in the first place, and we see him in a phone uh, conversation, uh, this is their explanation for this. He's calling back home to a woman who, at the time, it looks like they might be dating, but it turns out it's actually her sister, so he and Katie Holmes can get together by the end of the movie. But that's a little curveball for you. 
Um, so the sister asks, why haven't you told her? And at this point in the movie, we don't know what's in that envelope yet. And he replies, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think the universe is trying to tell me something. And it's like, what the hell does that even mean? You're a dude who believes that you can manifest things in the universe. That means you think you can control the universe, but now you're saying you can't explain what the universe wants out of you. Like, dude, just give her the envelope. It's that easy. That is the easiest thing. Not trying to manifest pizza or fix a ceiling. Like you, all you have to do is pull that out your backpack and give her the envelope, which by the way, there's this whole backstory guys. The they reason- were reaching out about her warranty. Uh, it's not a warranty. From her husband? Is it like a letter from Ooh. her dead husband? Oh, Jill, you have seen Hallmark movies. I can tell. And I've seen P.S. Uh, P.S. Yes, I, I love, love you. Oh, yes. Like, my, he, my best friend was your husband, but he never mentioned me once. <laughs> and that's the thing. So uh, her husband died in a plane crash. Okay. And guess who was in that plane crash with him? Homeboy. God, Brand. Did he cause the plane crash? Did he manifest the plane crash because he didn't believe hard enough that planes could fly? He believed no, that Jill. he wouldn't die. <laughs> no, Jill, that was before his life changed. Oh, so wow. <laughs> it's after that point in his life when he started doing this kooky thing. Uh, what happened was they crashed. He's the only survivor in this thing. Uh, the reason why they're both on the same uh, flight, and this is like a small little plane, they met at an engineering conference in, I think, Las Vegas. Doesn't matter. They're both engineers. <laughs> and they're, zombies. Yeah. They're, exactly. They're both engineers. They're putting together um, ideas for this for some machine um, that they explained, but my eyes glazed over. Um, and what happened was, in this envelope is the uh, patent to the um, invention that he and her dead husband made together. Here's the thing, in in such a small aircraft, and she doesn't know who this dude is at all. So she's shocked of like, why are you here? And all this kind of stuff. They had this whole third act blow up, Uh, but don't don't worry, they get together at the end at a Waffle House. there's oh, this nice. whole thing at a waffle house. That's Wait, pretty what? religious, right there. I think the waffles is the real Jesus they found along the way. I feel God in this waffle house. Are you right saying now? the waffle house is like a is like the waffles are like a metaphor for communion or something? Oh, no. or, okay, God. I will say that, God in this somehow. That was my favorite part of the movie because I'm like, oh damn, like I would a hundred percent hit up a waffle house at that point in the night. Like it was late, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just getting late. And I'm like, dude, what sounds better than some chicken and waffles at a waffle house? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was totally in. I was like, that may have saved the movie for me is the very last. <laughs> God minute. bless this waffle house. God bless this waffle house. Um, so there's a whole waffle house right now. <laughs> <laughs> so spoilers for people who care. Uh, but it turns out they make this thing together. For whatever reason, that was withheld from Katie Holmes, knowing that her husband had an invention that was going through the patent process um, and finally went through. And suddenly um, they find the envelope that he had been trying to deliver to her. And with it is a check um, that is like a hundred thousand whatever dollars. That's just enough to cover all the different debts uh, that they had kind of, you know, expositioned into uh the dialogue earlier in the movie it's just like oh wow like they manifested this or whatever 
But here's the thing. The movie's logic doesn't work for me because if you want me to believe that Bray is right in terms of positive thinking is going to lead to all these um, other things, Katie Holmes never really buys into that. Like we don't see her having a moment of turning her thought process around. She's still in a relatively dark place. She ends up um, saying yes to a guy who engages, who proposes to her. Um, yes, he did more Jerry O'Connell. Exactly. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. How could I forget? Easily the second most famous person in the cast. Um, and he is not a bad dude, I would say. Um, just a guy who wanted to propose to Katie Holmes. Um, and that's it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he without uh, sin cast the first stone. I would do that too. Um, <laughs> but here we are. And my biggest thing is uh, he proposed in a very public setting. Uh, with lots of people, and that definitely caught her off guard, and I feel like her hand was forced there. Um, but besides that, he had done pretty much all the right things, um, was kind of awkward around the kids, but as someone with two step parents, I get that. Um, but over time, you would think this would work. However, she's just like, you know what, I'm more in love with that really positive dude. But she never takes on that logic herself, and the whole thing of her getting that check and having all of her problems dissolved away isn't because of the secret. It's because this dude showed up and, you know, had this encounter with her husband like five years before. Again, guys, I can't help but just notice coincidences and dominoes falling in the right way and not just the secret manifesting positive and good results into her life. I just don't feel like this movie was selling what it thought it was selling to me but that's just me i have to say though like so you were saying earlier that he doesn't give her the envelope until basically the end and at one point he's like i don't know what the universe wants me to do I'm like you would willingly withhold giving this woman who clearly needs financial aid yes you would withhold this hundred thousand dollars because you think the universe doesn't want you to do it to her, you, which is it, rightfully it, hers it's it's dumb unless you're telling me that this whole positive energy thing is more of a conversation than a request you know what i mean like the universe asks something of you kind of like a um a, a, i don't know a, what's that thing karma yeah i don't know if it's a karma thing where you have to put in good to get good back um but they yeah they could have done like the like the snowball of like one good one kindness leads into another into another until it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then suddenly they built a community center for the family because that's what happens in films like this and that's but, a joke. Yeah. even that requires too much logic for this movie to take on yeah it's none of it makes sense um but what i what i find like it's it's funny to watch because of, like i said acting's bad uh dialogue's bad uh, but before I get to my like serious, like uh, my critiques of this movie and how dangerous I think it is, um, I do have two very funny things to talk about. There are two nominations that this movie garnered um, as it came out last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Awful timing, uh, whatever. I guess they didn't believe hard enough. Um, yeah, so- yeah, <laughs> didn't believe hard enough. Yeah. Totally killed their box office. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, both are for Katie Holmes. Uh, one okay. for worst actress uh, from the Razzies, as you would nice. expect. Um, yeah, that's just chalk at that point. It's just like, you know, Meryl Streep for an Oscar, Katie Holmes in essentially a Hallmark movie for the Razzies. Got it. Um, and this one's more interesting that actually Kelly looked up. The Alliance of Women Film Journalists. 
who I am convinced need to take over the Oscars because the show would be so much more fun with these categories. Uh, Katie Holmes wasn't nominated for Worst Actress. She was nominated for Actress Most in Need of a New Agent. <laughs> I think is such nice. a better way of putting it. Because yes. she's not a bad actor, I don't think. No, uh, no. She's made a bad call. On she's been college. good in things. And I mean, like, literally, she was a big part of, like, Dawson's Creek, that kind of stuff. Where, well, like, I'm guessing then that this really was a passion project for her because she believes in this new age. Or I like, I like Mitchell's theory in that she didn't believe hard enough and she has a bad age. <laughs> that's it. Uh, let, let, <laughs> Maybe that's simple. Let me give you some other categories. Um, so... Actress most in need of an age, as I said, Uma Thurman won that, by the way, for her role in The War with Grandpa, if anyone Makes saw sense. that. Wait, um, Uma Thurman was in that? I guess. I had never seen oh, it. No idea. It. Well, no, I never saw it either. Obviously, I'm asking the question, but like, uh, what? Yeah, there she and she won an award for it. So good for her. Um, then we got most egregious age difference between the leading man and the love interest. Okay. Um, the winner for that was Tenet with Kenneth Branagh and Elizabeth Debicki. Um, I have not seen Tenet. Um, I did not know there was a romantic uh, thing going on between those two, but I know that they're in the movie. Um, and also another huge one, Mank, with uh, Amanda Seyfried and Charles Dance yeah. and Gary Oldman. So that, yeah. That's a good one for that. Yeah. And I mean, Kenneth Branagh's got to be 100 at this point, so. Yep. Branagh. Uh, oh, Branagh. Uh, and then. Kenneth Branagh. And then are we, are, we going, that way? are we going down this road right now? Okay. <laughs> I, I, oh, it's I'm Brana. Okay. All right. You can if say that, but you're wrong. Mitchell, <laughs> Brana or Branagh? All right. So I'm going to move on to something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kill it now. Uh, no, let's, let's go back to a movie that I'm not sure if it was Jill or Andre who brought this up in a previous podcast, but it was one I was not on, but me and Kelly listened to this podcast on the way up to Disneyland last year. Uh, the winner of sequel or remake that shouldn't have been made, Do Little. And that was you, oh, guys. Yeah. That is so That so Honestly, nice. thank you for that, because I feel some catharsis for that. That's that's oof. a good one. That's that probably the one. least fun I've had watching a bad movie on this podcast. <laughs> probably. Like, do Little like, is probably, like, one of the worst movies ever. So. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's, it's down the bottom. There's, there's a reason why I re-released a clip from our Doolittle episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Is because I just don't feel it has enough downloads listens <laughs> for how bad that movie was. It just, you know, it's like a one-two punch. It's just like, it's just not a good movie. And it's like, you know, you go from Robert, you know, RDJ being Iron Man. It's like, oh my God, this man's amazing. He can do anything. Yeah. To, oh my maybe God. Maybe you shouldn't, Robert. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe you should back, stop. Maybe you should stop. Yep. And Anyways. The, the my favorite thing they have a hall of shame and the most recent inductee into this hall of shame is one christopher nolan uh not for making the movie tenant but for insisting that tenant be screamed exclusively in theaters during a pandemic it was yeah. gonna save yeah. it was gonna, gonna save movies it was, movies. It was oh, his note to bear He's I the know. only one that could save it. Uh, you know, passion of the movie theater. And he uh -huh. was Jesus. All right. We need to get to a rating and uh, take our break and everything because we still have another segment to go. And we're over an hour currently. Guess Chris right. It's warm down here. It's warm down here. Yes, we are sweating. Okay. So the reason why I'm actually going to go for the first time ever lower than a Mitchell zero. Um, <gasps> Whoa. Is it the Kelly negative? I'm, I'm going to go down to a quarter of a wish upon a star because this is a movie that is 
perpetuating an idea that I think is actually dangerous. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, it, it's, I'm not saying it's Nazi propaganda because any of those films is an automatic zero, but I'm saying it's propaganda of a different color where we're talking about a thought process of, hey, if we are all just over the top positive and really want everything to be better, that's all we need to do. And I'm like, wake the fuck up. We got to do some <laughs> work. Either that's for individual success or for success as a people. You got to put in the fucking work, whether that is um, planning, whether that's organizing, whether that is actually getting your hands dirty. You got to put some things into action. It's not all about wishing. And I get positive thinking is great because if you're just lost in negative thought, that could definitely cloud your judgment and basically unmotivate you. Um, that's the thing that positive thinking does. It helps motivate you, but you can't just hang everything on that. And I think in that sense, and I'm probably taking this a little bit too seriously of a movie, um, but I think the idea itself is horseshit. Even Wikipedia <laughs> is calling it pseudoscience. And I think in the wrong hands, if people entirely embrace it for what it is, it can be dangerous. So a quarter of a wish upon a star for uh, the secret uh, Donna Justice. No, the secret Dare to Dream uh, is the actual <laughs> name of the movie. Uh, that is it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that's a rating. All right. That's it's a, lower than the low Mitchell zero. zero. Wow. Zero. All right. They made a movie. One day I want the Kelly negative. Yeah, the Kelly negative will come out. Uh, well, all right. So we're going to do a quick break uh, with our friends, Sass and Sips. Uh, congratulations on guessing. Here is your promo. Love them dearly. Enjoy. Hey there, I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And together we are Sass and Sips, a watch rewatch podcast. We want to personally invite you to check out our podcast, where we'll be discussing TV shows from two perspectives. One who has seen the show before. And one who's not so sure. While we drink a lot. I mean, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Every season, we will focus on a new show. And for our first season, we have chosen the iconic show Lost. We hope that you will come over and check us out. We can be found on your favorite podcast platform or at sassandsips.com. If you're down for drinks, friends, and television, then make sure you listen and subscribe. Because we're down for all of it. Yes. So listen with your bestie, open your favorite bottle, and sip and sass with Sass and Sips. That was an ad for our friends Sass and Sips. Uh, they are part of the hashtag Illuminati. We are Illuminati. Illuminati. Are they actually part of the Illuminati? Uh, no, I don't think so. Eh, maybe they will not admit to it. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> know if anybody will admit to that. Uh, that brings us to our favorite segment. At least my favorite segment. Oh, I okay. Know. I don't know if it's your guys' favorite segment. Catch trash. Yeah. Hashtag catch trash. Do you have a song for us, Mitchell? Now that you're back, or no? I'm eating sushi, but let me uh, wrap up the episode with one. I'll do that. All right. All right. We'll okay. let you wrap up the episode. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to talk about, uh, Hulu's MODOK. Uh, it's Marvel. It's animated. It's adult animation. It's Patton Oswalt, as, Pat Oswalt. As, a, as a talking brain man. Yeah. Like, you know, what can go wrong? 
it really that's exactly it um i've two episodes in so far and it is decent i will say i'm not completely enthralled with it mm-hmm. but Pat and Oswald is enough to keep me going, so I'm going to give it the hashtag cash. Okay. Yeah, that man makes voices a rat who loves food, and I buy it. Exactly. Oh yeah. It, it it looks like it has. This sounds very like a very. Have you seen BoJack Horseman? Yeah. It looks like it has BoJack potential in terms of like, haha, funny, funny show about the Brain Man, but then also very sad. It's very yeah, family yeah drama. Kind okay. Of thing. Yes. Okay. Um, but I it's. I think it's the same animators who do Robot Chicken. Yes, yes. very similar. Yes. Which makes me cautious because I don't. That, oh, that I, love robot chicken. Robot I love Robot Chicken. I am not a Robot Chicken fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Moral Oral. oral. That was okay. my my Wow. Okay, so you don't like Robot Chicken, but but like Moral Oral, you're in for because it's hilarious to me. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oral. I mean, I love Moral. That's awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. Oral. Anyway, Oral. Um, Thank Oral. You. <laughs> the so, sleeper head of Adult Swim. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say that, like, from what I saw in the previews, it looked pretty different humor from yeah. Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken is so much more I mean, like interstitial. So yeah. I mean, it's what, PG 13? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, probably. There's a few more F bombs, so maybe it gets the R because of. And Hulu sure. is more adult, is like where Disney's like, it's okay right. if you're more adult. Yeah, this is not a Disney Plus, it's on Hulu. Yeah. You know, Speaking so. of F bombs, I have not said enough for us to earn our E. Fuck, 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 fuck. There we go. All right, all right fuck, fuck. Yeah, there you go. Excellent. We need to earn that E. If Make we're going to be explicit for one, we've got to do at least seven. We just have to play a, a game of fuck, Mary kill at the top of the show every time. Too. Yeah, <laughs> we can do like the our friends girls. from Four Nerds by Nerds. Yeah, exactly <laughs> Uh, we listened to that Golden Girls clip. That was awesome for yeah. Nerds by Nerds. For the record, you're wrong. You would marry Dorothy, fuck Blanche, and absolutely Jill, kill save it for the Save for the Golden Girls. He said that, though. No, he said kill Dorothy. No, there was two of them. You did not listen to the clip. <laughs> you, you were talking over the clip. Oh. I was not. <laughs> okay. We digress. We digress. We digress. All right. Cash for MODOK. <laughs> cash for MODOK. Ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Jill, <laughs> cash or trash? Okay. <laughs> we skipped to Andre. <laughs> do, do I take over? My... Yes, go on. All right, cool. Fuck you, so, uh, you know, Jill and I were doing the very basic couple thing of watching baking reality TV together. That's why not. Uh, because why not? We need something to watch with our with Baking our with our reality TV. We need something low stakes. Yeah, so we, we, so yeah. we have watched uh, the first handful, the first two episodes of uh, Crime Scene Kitchen with Those Joe McHale. With hosted by one Joe McHale. Yes, um, I didn't realize he hosted that. Okay, yeah, he's not um, very good. Yeah, I don't like him. He's in show, not honestly. good. The he's rest like, of yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, or, or, anyways, um, Crime Scene Kitchen. Well, what, 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 you seem like... You're no, talking. no, he's just, he's a very interesting person. Because, like, he can do something like The Soup and be excellent. He yes. can do Community yes. be excellent. No, he has the hosting chops. It just, it feels very, it feels very forced yeah. and very edited okay. around him. You know what I mean? Fair. He always says, like, a very dumb joke. And then it's very clearly edited to all the contestants laughing way too hard at his dumb joke. Yeah, okay. And it's like, I, I didn't buy that. So, did you ever watch Don't when it had its first season? No. no. So, Don't was, it's produced by Ryan Reynolds. Okay. And the host is Adam Scott. And Adam Scott's great. Yeah. yeah. But they have bits where Ryan Reynolds does like voiceover. And like it's just all very bit-y. Mm. You know, like yeah. it's just like, oh, this bit cost us $60,000. You know, like yeah. that kind of, and it's like very Deadpool-ish. Sure, but not, but not like, yeah. you don't, you can't do the meta humor too much. Yeah. 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 He's almost killing the meta humor. Right. 
for other things. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Crime scene, but the premise of Crime Scene Kitchen is it's actually fun. fun. Yes. Yeah. The idea is that think you know it's a, it's a cooking reality show. Think think Great British Bake Off as a, or Top Chef as like a template, right? Mm-hmm. Where the twist on this one is that all the the contestants are in pairs and they have to. They're all they all are given a kitchen that where something was baked, some sort of some sort of dessert or cake thing was made in this kitchen. And there's like there's clues hidden about and they have to figure it out like, oh, like maybe the specific ingredient was open or or or, there's or not opened or oh, there's a there's a microplane zester in the sink with orange peels on it. Oh, there's a picture. Yeah. Four baked tins and. Yeah, um, you know, oh, there's a little bit of uh, tempered chocolate on a ice piece of paper. Oh, I wonder what it could be. And like, it's fun watching them go through and then we're trying to guess what it is. Yes. And it's it's fun because it it does do the thing that reality TV shows need to do and that it gets Jill and I talking like, oh, that guy's, that that couple's definitely fucked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, man, they're nailing this. Like, oh, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) That is donut, you idiot. You idiot, you philistine you can't fill that donut with coconut cream what the hell are you thinking <laughs> um so yeah it generates a lot of fun conversations it's light easy and yeah, you know it, whatever it's it's yeah. easy breezy cover girl yeah, yeah you know okay. and it's it's a fun enough twist that like i, I, can, I feel like it, it can it can stand up to the very long lineup of food network i mean it's, it's on fox but you know food reality shows yeah. gotcha. so okay. it is a cash for now we, cash for now. we will watch course, more yeah. of it it's fine yeah. it's good now that I've regained composure, um, I, <laughs> for my uh, Catcher Trash, I have been watching the, I'm uh, now th- three episodes into the Masters of None season three. Nice. Um, I really loved the first two seasons of the show. It's been on quite a hiatus. Um, right. So when it came, when it was announced a new season was coming back, they were very upfront with it's going to be different mm-hmm. rather than focusing on Ozzy Ansari's character, Dev, and his shenanigans around New York City and being a struggling actor. They are completely pivoting the plot, and it is now on Lena um, Waithe, Lena Waithe's oh. character, Denise. Okay. And there's been a bit of a time jump. So okay. she is now a successful author living upstate with her wife. And okay. the, the way that the series is shot is very similar to Ingmar Bergman's Scenes from a Marriage. So okay. it's actually shot um, in a different ratio. It's shot on 16 um, millimeter film. So mm-hmm. it's got that grain to it. And there's, you know, if you're a cinephile, you're going to love the way that this looks. Long shots where it, the camera stays absolutely still and the characters come in and out of the camera nice. as they just live their lives or the camera sits on a character for three minutes while they eat a sandwich and opera plays. Okay. And, you know, I, I like um, Lena's character, Denise. I, okay. She was always really fun. The plot is really interesting, but if you're showing up thinking that this is going to be picking up where season two of Masters of None left off, you are going to be significantly disappointed. Um, Azim Anzari's character has only showed up now for maybe 10 minutes worth of screen time across the three episodes that I've seen. He is really not the point, but it is so far really, really good. So it is a cash for me. Okay. I am curious to see if this is the end of the series. Fair. So we will we'll see. Yeah. I've got a few more to go. Um, they vary in length. The first episode was over 50 minutes. The okay. next two have been under 30. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It and seemed then, like that fun, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, yeah. the, I think the, the last episode is over 50 minutes. And I think the second to last is also a bit longer, too. Okay. So, yeah, it's kind of all over the place in time in terms of length. But like I said, it's gorgeously shot. You know, great actors are in this. This plot is interesting. And just as an aside, the house that yeah. they, that that is like almost like a second, third main character, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. And I was utterly gutted to find out that there the house does not exist. <laughs> uh, the exterior is real, 
but the, the inside house, yeah. is all soundstage and uh, it is like the most gorgeous little cottage thing with reading nooks and great art and fireplaces and stuff. <laughs> why is that not real but absolutely uh, absolutely a cash perfect mitchell yeah i'm gonna keep it with the netflix as well so this is a series that's been around for a few years now but me and kelly just caught wind of it and uh it's three seasons old and we are already on season three and that is formula one drive to survive which is about formula one racing think of hard knocks which covers training camp for a single nfl football team leading into an actual regular season formula one covers the entire grid for an entire season and formula one goes pretty much nine months out of the year uh, so it is a huge undertaking, and as I'm understanding from a production standpoint, but it's uh-huh. incredible the access that they're given and the stories right. that they're able to tell as you're able to meet the drivers and, uh, you know, the folks behind the scenes who are creating these cars and stuff. And there's actual narrative behind it, and it's so gripping. It's really fantastic. There's no way I could have gotten into Formula One at this point. Me and Kelly have gotten up to watch Formula One racing in the current season because of this series, there's no way we would be as invested if it were not for this show, introducing us to the quirky characters. And there's so many different personalities that you would never expect. It's such a glitzy and glamorous sport too. They go all over the globe uh, doing these races. um, And it's so much fun to watch. It's uh, shot beautifully as well. Um, And it's from the executive producer who brought you Amy and um, Exit to the Gift Shop, really knows his documentaries. And this one, I believe, is his first docu-series. So Formula One Drive to Survive on Netflix. And even if you're not a sports fan, uh, there's a lot to like here. It has kind of a Moneyball uh, kind of edge to it where there's a lot of um, underfunded teams that are trying to compete with Mercedes and Ferrari, like the big name guys. Uh, so it's right. a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I'm assuming the answer here is yes, but Formula One has always been kind of like a world that I've st- been just outside of, but I know nothing about. I, somebody as a totally new viewer to the to the to the sport, uh, could I could I jump in on on, on this series? You think? Yeah, I mean the the only racer I knew heading into this was Lewis Hamilton, who's like okay. the biggest name in the sport right now. Um, yeah. And what about Will Power or Max Power, or whatever his name is. Isn't that Homer Simpson? Max Power. Who's Power. That? Max Verstappen. No, Max? there's a Power. Okay, I don't know. Um, I'll, look it up. I'll look it up a different time. We're good. Is it a higher cool. power? I would <laughs> say this. Um, they do. So what they do, Andre, is they basically construct the narrative around the people more so than around the races. Uh, the it. races are obviously the tipping points of when people get fired or traded or whatever. Um, but really, like the very first introduction that you get is um, a driver for Red Bull at the time, um, Danny Ricardo. Um, who is just the most personable dude. He lives in Australia, and that's where the season was opening that year. Um, and it was so much fun for uh, us to, like, watch him in his home environment, all to see it go to shit in the actual race. No spoilers, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just how the, the whole thing starts. It's really gripping. And the actual uh, storytelling of the races themselves improves over time. They learn how to shoot it better, and I think they get more access in terms of different camera angles and all that. Uh, but it's really, really well done. And in the later seasons, they open up access to the top drivers uh, like Lewis Hamilton and all those other guys. So uh, I could not recommend it more. Formula One Drive to Survive. Oh, nice. So cash. Cash. We need to hear you say the word. Straight cash, homie. 
Nice. Well, that's four caches. Wow. Yeah, that might be the first time. Run. Yeah, that might be the first time we've had four caches. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. Episode 34. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? I've been your host, Mike. I've been joined by... Jill. Andre. Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Game for a Movie. Bye. Bye. Cash for trash. Cash for trash. This is for cash or trash. I love it.